Welcome to It's Just My Thoughts, the podcast. Welcome to this week's of It's Just My Thought, the podcast. Um, I feel like this week has been full of craziness, so I actually have been excited to uh, get this episode out. Um, so let's just jump right into uh, Black Excellence. My um, Black Excellence for this week goes to Meek Mill. Um, it was announced that Meek Mill launches Dream Chasers Records, which is a joint venture label with Rock Nation. Meek Mill will serve as the president of Dream Chasers, where he will oversee the label and build a staff that will spearhead talent acquisition and development, label operations, creative strategy, marketing, and legal, among other positions. And for me, I thought this was big news because over the year, we've seen Meek Mill really mature, really change his narrative into a negative and change into a positive. So to see him venture out and become his own businessman, it's really nice to see. And I actually wish him, you know, all the best with that. And, um, and I hope that there's more things to come. So let's just move on to pop culture news. Um, this past week, you know, it's just been so much craziness. So I want to jump into where everyone is talking about. And that's the Nicole Murphy drama, because this has just been, this is just crazy to me. Um, okay. So let's start from the beginning. So Nicole Murphy and Antoine Fuqua was were caught kissing in Italy. When I first, you know, I think I woke up to this news. And so when I first saw them kissing, I didn't really think anything of it because I don't really follow any of them. So it's not like I really know what goes on in their personal life. So I just thought that at first, from first glance, oh, you know, they're on vacation, they're dating, they're kissing. So then when... um you know, you get further into it as the day kind of went on, it was like, oh, wait, you know, he's married to Lila Rashawn, which I didn't, which I didn't know. And Lila Rashawn has been kind of off the grid, um, for a while, you know, as far as acting, I think she had a recent role a couple of years ago and something, but other than that, she's kind of, uh, haven't really been in the spotlight. So that was another thing that was, um, that I really just didn't really pay much attention to. So after they were caught kissing, it's all over tabloids. And then, uh, you know, you see the narrative start changing where it's like, wait, you know, he's married, he has children. So Nicole quickly jumps in and she's like, oh, you know, uh, we ran into each other in Italy and we're family friends. And so that's just me giving a friendly hello. Okay. So once she said that, then I'm like, okay, this is where it's about to get crazy because, um, I don't know anybody that kisses their family friends like that. Um, and then on top of that, He's like, you know, one picture, he's like in a towel. It doesn't look like he has anything underneath the towel, to be honest. She has on a bathing suit and all that. And so I thought, I thought that was, it looked really intimate. So I knew that it, this had to been some smoke somewhere, you know, some fire somewhere. Cause this was a lot of smoke. And, um, cause I thought when I first saw the picture, I thought it was intimate, you know, literally. Um, so and also something else to consider too, when she was saying that it was a family friend kiss, usually if you were to kiss a family friend, I don't kiss any family friends, but if you were to do that, usually you see people kiss on a cheek or something like that when they are like doing a hug, you know, I've seen something like that. Um, I usually mainly hug my family friends and especially if they're married or something like that, because I think it's boundaries and it should be barriers with things like that. So then it comes out after this, that, you know, he is actually still married to Lila Rashawn. So now this is where it gets, it gets messy. So then as the day go, you have Shea Roomballer, everybody's, you know, putting this, um, you know, putting all this out. 
Then you have um, Lisa Ray. She slides onto Instagram and, and she's like, girl. And then now everyone's like, okay, wait. So is she saying that, you know, that Nicole Murphy messed with her man? So now the question is, you know, um, is Nicole Murphy a homewrecker? You know, it's crazy how one thing happened and that can, then it bounces to something else and it bounces something else. And now it's becoming, uh, uh, you know, now a thing. So then uh, TMZ catches Lisa Ray walking down the street. Um, Lisa Ray goes in, which was absolutely hilarious to me because she pretty much just said exactly how she felt. She, she, she gave it to Nicole Murphy and she was just like, yeah, like when I was married, you know, a couple of years ago, Nicole Murphy did the same thing to me. She slept with my husband. It was a whole thing. And actually I went out to Google to, to try to get some receipts on this. And that, that actually was a thing, um, a couple of years ago that I guess nobody really kind of paid attention to because I, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to it, but she's been talking, Lisa Ray's been talking about that actually for years that she slept with her husband while she was married, um, which was interesting. Then the brat went on the Ricky Smiley show and she's talking about like, yeah, you know, that actually did happen. You know, Nicole Murphy was messing around with, you know, um, her husband. So Nicole Murphy then comes back later and she's like, um, she comes out with another statement. Now this is her real statement after her first statement saying that she just bumped to a family friend. So I guess when she saw that that smoke really wasn't clearing up, she comes back and she says, um, she denies Lisa Ray's statements. And then she also states that, you know, um, just given a condensed version of it, that basically she was unaware that he was married. And she apologizes to his wife and the family and the kids and everything like that. And that basically it was her impression that, um, he was no longer married. Okay. I'm going to say that I guess she felt that she needed to say something, um, because of the way the media had taken this by storm and it just was, you know, becoming a thing, but I just felt like it was really weak. And I, I, I don't know if I was in that situation, would I've come out and said anything, but if I was in that situation, I feel like I would have said something else because that was really weak. It was actually kind of a contradiction as well, because if you were a family friend and you're saying he's a family friend and from my understanding, they've done things intertwined with their kids and they've traveled and things like that over the years. So clearly you are a family friend. Well, wouldn't you have when you know that he's still married and then also if it was me even if I'm closer to the guy than I am the girl I feel like if I wanted to date the guy I would check with the girl like I would have checked with his with Leela you know to see what you know were they separated and so to me her statement still didn't make her look any better it, it to me it made things messier because it doesn't really make sense. I have never, I personally, you know, with any of my friends, like I would never talk to somebody that they've talked to, even if they talked to them, like say in college, like I would never go there with any of that. I just think once you cross lines or anything like that with somebody else and that's your friend and I just would never do that. And I just think you shouldn't, you know, I mean, I guess if your friend gave you permission, but I feel like she should at least went to Leela if quote unquote, that's what really was going on. And she just had no clue, even though I don't believe her. So now things get even messier from this standpoint. 
because social media began to dig up pictures of Lily Rashawn because like I said, you know, she's been kind of out of the spotlight. It's not like we've all, any, any of us been paying her any attention. And um, so then they began to say that, which I thought was absolutely disgusting. Um, I've heard one question being posed that if your wife stops caring about her self-care, does that give you permission to cheat on some cheat on her and basically, you know, with someone that looks that looks better or maybe more fit than, you know, the wife because the, the argument is that Lila Rashawn has gained weight and that might have gave him, you know, more reason to have a wandering eye or, you know, go to something that's quote unquote better. And um I just thought that was really I just thought that was really sad. Like when that when that was going on in my mind, I was just like, what is going on with, you know, our our time especially with social media social media can be so harsh you know and so and so mean you know and so there's never a valid reason ever for you to cheat inside of your marriage and they've been married for 20 something years and I don't I don't know anything about their marriage you know to really fully speak on it but I will say that there's no reason a person should cheat and you know if you have no regard for your wife and your children then you should no longer be married um I've been looking at this stuff all week and just been dismay to be honest because it's just you know I think to talk about Lily Rashawn's weight gain is ignorant I think sometimes we judge celebrities like they are not human beings and um that's why I, I think the, the cost of celebrity um as far as like you know what you actually give up in return we never really consider that, but they give up everything to be a celebrity because we, especially we, we literally live in a culture where you can just get on social media and you can go to somebody's page and you can literally just talk shit to somebody, you know, and like, as if they're not still human beings with feelings, you know? And so it got to the point that that Lila Rashawn literally has deleted all her social media pages because that's how much backlash has been coming at her, which is crazy because she didn't even cheat. She at home chilling, you know, and he over in Italy, you know, showing his ass and she is actually, you know, getting backlash in regards to that and, and negative comments being said about her. And that's just, that, that just was really, really, as a woman, I was just like, wow, you know, and, um, and another thing that a uh, notable thing to also pick apart in this situation too, is how men I feel like get passes. So this whole week we've literally talked about Nicole Murphy, you know, okay. She's a homewrecker. You know, this is what's been said. She's a homewrecker. She's all these things. Um, she has a pattern of this. She has, a, you know, all that. And then it changes over to, oh, Lula Rashawn, she's fat, you know, she's gained weight all of that. And so then it's, you know, now we're talking about these two women, but I don't know if you might have noticed, none of us have talked about Antoine, his behavior, you know, because he is actually married. He's the one that cheated. And I've barely, I haven't seen anything, honestly, being discussed about him at all. It's actually, I've talked about how he's a great director and this and that, and all the things that he's done, but I haven't seen really anything negative, you know, really about him um he's yet to issue a statement um and I doubt that he probably will um but I just think that's interesting you know that women always are the grunt of the issue when in actuality um 
you know, Nicole Murphy's not married and he is, and we definitely should be putting the backlash and a lot of conversation on him. And, and the real question is why are men still cheating? You know, why are people still out here cheating? Like that shit is played. And, you know, I just think that whole scenario was just crazy. But the one thing that I took away, the most notable thing to me is that we literally have discussed the women the whole entire time, literally down to even, you know, body shaming his wife as if that gives reason, you know, or excuse for his behavior. It's just something to think about. We we need to definitely uh, change that narrative. And I, I really, I and mean, I feel like, and also just stop some of that archaic thinking of, um, of men and women is, is, is really kind of played to be completely honest. So, so some other news on the rumor mill is, uh, whether or not Diddy is dating Lori Harvey. Now, when I saw this and I saw the pictures, I think we all saw it where, um, they were out and seemed like they were kind of on a date or strolling through. Everybody keeps saying, Oh, they had on matching outfits. Now I don't know if the outfits was matching. I think that was just actually coincidence that they had on stripes. That's how I looked at it. Um, and I'm honestly really hoping that they, um, are not dating because I found it to be kind of, I just found it to be kind of odd to be completely honest, because then when more stuff was coming out, um, you know, she used to date a son and she's only 22. Um, I just think that's just doing entirely too much. And I try not to judge and I try not to judge too much from what we see in the media, because honestly, like the media is so crazy, you know, and I thank God that I'm not famous because it's some days that I can roll out of the house and I just don't care that day and, and roll to the store and, you know, to grab me something quick to drink and run back to the house. And if I was famous, you know, they, they'll put up a picture with you just looking a hot mess just cause you might've had a day that you want to roll to the store and get you some drink real fast and run back to the house. And then now it's like, Oh, you know, Mika's life is, you know, in, in turmoil and, you know, is she on drugs? You know, it literally happens that way. And so I don't know. That's why I said this is a rumor because I don't really know if they are dating um, just from that picture. But, you know, it's all over the place. And I was actually listening to this podcast and they um, they actually weren't even addressing this podcast was like this episode, I think was like a year and a half old. And I would just listen to an old episode and they were just talking about um, dating and age. And so basically they were like, you know, if they were 50 and they were single, that they would not date someone their age and that they would date younger. And they basically were just saying that they feel like, you know, as a celebrity, that's, that's one of the perks that come with being a celebrity is that you don't have to date somebody your age. And why would you want to? They're like, you know, if I'm 50, why would I want to date somebody that's 50? And I just thought that was kind of um, interesting because, you know, for me, I'm 34 and I would never date a 22 year old. Um, honestly, I don't even think at this point that I would ever, that I would date someone in their twenties to be completely honest, just because I think that during your twenties, I think that you're still learning yourself, especially at 22. I think 22, you're still kind of like a baby in a sense, because you haven't really experienced it. And so you're still trying to come, come into yourself. When I think about myself at 22, um, in comparison to me at 32, it is like night and day. I'm like completely different. Um, and I was very, very, very at 22, very, very immature. And so, um, yeah, dating me was probably horrible to be completely honest. And I know it was, and it probably wasn't a joy. So, um, I couldn't imagine 
uh, dating a 22 year old present day. Um, I really wouldn't be interested in them because I don't really feel like we would have much in common. So I'm just, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they're really dating, but I'm hoping that they, they aren't. But that was just um, one of the rumors this week that kind of was picking up traction. So just wanted to throw that in there. So let's move on to some TV talk. Um, they are, okay, let's talk about some of the series that's, that's out right now. Uh, one of my favorite series is Last Chance You. That's actually a Netflix series. And um, I haven't started the new season yet. Um, I semi started it and then I felt like I really want, I, I like to really, really pay attention um, because, you know, it's just so many pockets of things going on. Um, so Last Chance You is about these Juco teams and they basically take, um, and they basically are following the team, but they also individually follow some of the players. And some of these players, majority of the players are from big time schools that have scholarships and either they were kicked out for drugs or kicked out for some kind of trouble they got into, or it could have just been for grades where they just, you know, couldn't make it. And then, so they went to Juco and usually you go to Juco for a year or two. So you can try to come back and try to get a scholarship to go back to another school. Um, I think there's only been maybe two or three people out of the, I think this is the fourth season that's actually made strides. Well, not two or three, but maybe four or five that's made strides. And like some actually are playing in the league and, or some, you can see them back in, um, in college. I think what's kind of sad though, is that majority of the players, there's like maybe, I think out of all the seasons, it might've been maybe a few white people, but for the most part, it's been, it's been black athletes. And you just basically see how a lot of these schools, um, they just sell these kids for, for profit. You know, um, it's astonishing to see that these are college athletes who can't read and write, who don't know how to use a computer. So you can literally see that even in high school, no one actually cared about their education. They just cared about what they could do on the football field. So then now they come into college where they kind of have entitlement and they think that, oh, you know, I'm just going to go to the league. And, and literally a large majority of them, all of them think that they're going to go to the league. And the, going to the league is very hard to do. And I'm not trying to say some of these kids don't have talent, but they can't. That literally is their only out for them. Football is the only thing that they have because they don't they don't they, ha, they don't even care about the education piece at all. And they need it. You know, I really think for some of them, uh, when football was taken away, you know, they went to prison and everything else. And so they literally need they need this for themselves. And I always wonder when I watch it, well, what's going to happen, you know, if they don't make it to the league and then football stops because they have no skills, like none. They can, some of them literally barely can read and write. Um, and I don't really think they really even take their education serious, which is sad. And so when I look at it, I see more than just the football aspect. I'm looking at it from the fact that I feel like a lot of them need mental healing. You know, when you actually hear their stories and their trauma that they've experienced, um, the neighborhoods they grew up in, you know, hearing gunshots at night. Um, I don't know what that feels like uh, to ever really experience that um, as far as like being in an unsafe environment. But I remember one time and it was actually really it's something that always stick out in my mind that I'll never forget that I never actually thought about because I never experienced it when I was young. 
I had never been to the projects before. I never, um, you know, growing up because we weren't even allowed to even, you know, when we were able to drive, we weren't allowed to even go to those neighborhoods just because, you know, of safety. Um, so when I was in college, I had this class where um, it was actually going over um, community youth sports development. And with this class, we had to look at the different environments and talk about how um, it basically it basically went over um, how to uh, work with kids that might be experiencing um, trauma or different lifestyles and, and, and how to uh, basically teach towards diversity, um, because obviously every kid is different. So you can't teach every kid the same exact way. So on this one, we went um, we actually had a tour around um, Greensboro. And it was crazy because we're literally in this like little mini bus. And I think in this class, I was like the only black person in the class. So it's literally like all white people and, and me. And we're in this bus. And so we're we're going around Greensboro to the different little, you know, project homes. And, and literally we was, we would get there and then he'll park the bus. My teacher, my professor, he'll park the bus. And then we had to sit and talk about what did we see? And, you know, here it was like, uh, you know, all the buildings were the same. They didn't have grass, you know, and we had to just take notes on even down to like, you know, with the bus stops, like in these neighborhoods, was the bus stops covered, you know? So if it rained, like, if did you have to stand in the rain the whole time to catch the bus? I mean, it was like pointing out things to me that I never thought about. Like I never processed that reality because I, it never was my reality. And so when I sit and think about that um, from a child standpoint, if you wake up, like I woke up to grass, you know, my mom had beautiful flowers in the front yard. And so I woke up to that, you know? And so when you come home to that, how did that make you feel? So imagine someone who every night when they come home, you know, you're seeing the same buildings, the same people sitting outside, no grass, you got dirt. And then at night, you know, you're going to bed to the sounds of, of gunshots, you know? And a lot of these kids, on this show, that's what they talked about, that that was, that's the only thing that they knew. That's the only thing they saw. And it has to be traumatizing in some, in some kind of way, in some kind of capacity. And it shapes you, it shapes you as you go and become an adult. So that's what I really like about the show. Not only I like the football too, but just breaking down some of these kids and listening into their stories and just, you know, seeing it because it's really sad, but at the same time, like I have an understanding of it because I know what they, what they experience, you know? And I think sometimes it's hard for other people to process that because you've never experienced it. And so you, when some people watching like, Oh my God, you know, why can't these kids read and write? But how do you know they live in a house where education was something that was, that was talked about? Or obviously it wasn't, they didn't care about it. And I've, and I was like, you know, a student athlete all in high school and I was a college athlete and in college, I can definitely sit and say that it was a lot of people that weren't very smart and it was a lot of football players that didn't really do their work. And so, and I didn't go to like a super huge school. So for that to happen there, I know that some of these larger schools, somebody else is probably doing them kids work. They don't really care about whether or not they have proper education and they care about what they do on the field. And as long as you can basically do the basics to get by, I can promise you that almost every large school probably has something in place to where they're cheating in some kind of way for these kids. I can almost guarantee it because I was a student athlete and I know how it works now. I gave a fuck about what I had going on, but 
if you're if you're promising these kids, oh, you're gonna go to the league, don't worry about it. It doesn't really matter. Just make sure that you show up here or make sure that you, you know, sign your name here. You know, who wouldn't do it? Especially when you're not thinking about school. You're thinking about, you know, going to the league. And that's pretty much what these kids are like on Last Chance U. So if you've never watched that show, it's so many pockets of just goodness, you know, and stuff to make you really think. Definitely check it out. So some upcoming shows that I was actually excited about um, is David Makes Man, which premieres on the OWN Network. I think that's going to be really good. The Black Lady Sketch Show, and that's coming on HBO. And I think that actually starts uh, August 2nd, I think. But that's coming soon. And also they announced this week that um, the filming starts in September for Insecure. And this season is going to be um, actually... Uh, 10 episodes so that's actually really exciting now y'all know that I wasn't going to end this week without discussing Queen Sugar if you have not caught up to Queen Sugar and you are not watching Queen Sugar this year I'm telling you you are missing a gem because this season has been phenomenal I was actually looking at something and I was reading about Ava DuVernay and what I, what I love about this show, and I think that's what makes me love the show so much. I mean, I am a big Ava fan, but I love how she basically tries to, she puts things, she puts present things going on in the world in the show and makes you think about and see things um, that you might not always think about, which I think that's good for any show. But what I learned is that um, Ava DuVernay actually has lupus and um that's why she created um, the narrative for Aunt Vi to have lupus, to actually show what people with lupus life is like and what their everyday um, struggle is like. I thought that was great. I never knew that either. And um, I actually have a family friend that has lupus and, you know, we talk about it sometimes and a lot of things that I never realized that she went through on a daily, on a daily basis and like her daily struggles. And sometimes, you know, especially if you know that someone is dealing with something, like I said before on a, on another podcast, like reach out and ask people how they doing. Because a lot of times, like, especially if you're not experiencing it, you might not always know what their, what their everyday experience is. So that's just something to think about. And I thought that was really cool that she put that in there. Also this season you've been seeing where, you know, she had Charlie working with, um, and, and ice, uh, you know, coming through and, you know, uh, snatching people up and separating homes, which is something that we're seeing in present day America. So, um, I like that they put that piece in the show because, um, a lot of times you might not realize what the, what the effects look like or what some families are experiencing right now. I loved this week when, um, Ralph Angel was talking about blue and they decided to put blue in therapy. Um, you know, I've, I think I've spoken almost every week on this podcast about, you know, therapy in the black community. Um, I thought it was really nice to see that, you know, they're sitting with, um, the therapist and talking to blue and then you can actually see Ralph Angel's kind of apprehension towards it. He just, you know, is worried about blue. He wants him to be better, but you know, at first you can see that he kind of wasn't really sure how he felt about therapy. And then, you know, by the end of the episode, you know, he is starting to do some of the, um, the homework basically that was given in therapy. 
I'm actually sometimes really bad with, um, you know, you can sit and talk about strategies, you know, uh, in therapy, um, especially in my couple therapy, we talk about strategies all the time on things that we can do to, you know, either have better communication or, you know, um, you know, argue better. Um, and sometimes, you know, you'll sit and talk about it for a whole hour in therapy and then you come home and you don't really use, um, some of the things that, that, that the things that was advised for you to use and some of your tools. Um, and so I think it was nice to see, even in that situation that, you know, he had his notebook just sitting there to like, you know, I guess the whole week that he never even bothered to open up. And then finally he, you know, started using the tools. It's just something as simple as, you know, when I first started therapy, they were like, Mika, you need a journal. And I, and I was like, okay, I went, got me this nice journal that folds up and, you know, it was, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful journal that I never used. And, uh, and I, I end up journaling. I journal now, but now I journal on my phone. So even if I'm walking somewhere and something pops in my head or, or a feeling, you know, I use my phone and I'll, you know, use like the notebook and I'll, you know, write something down or I'll write that feeling at that moment, which is, you know, basically journaling. Um, but at first, you know, when I first started, I didn't, I didn't do it. And now I know the importance of it and just kind of processing your feelings and sometimes processing your feelings in that moment. So I thought it was nice that they, um, that they showed that. And I think that's why I'm loving this show so much this season. I love this, I love the show every season, but this season I'm really loving because they're really touching on some topics that I think that more and more people are beginning to really discuss, especially, you know, men, the importance of mental health and especially even with your kids, because sometimes people feel like, oh, they're just a kid, you know, they're okay, but no kids experience things too. And so you definitely need to have conversations with your kids about their feelings. And I think sometimes we forget that because we feel like either they're too young or they don't understand. And they kids understand a lot more than what you think they understand. So, you know, it's important for you to always just remember that and have conversations with your kids. You know, the kids in my life, I talk to them all the time because, you know, I rather me talk to you than somebody else talk to you. And I want to know what you're feeling even the boys, like it's okay to feel. And I want to know what you're feeling so we can talk about it and it's nothing wrong with it. So I love that. Um, Cree Summer has been a welcome surprise this season. Um, she's Nova's old professor. And this episode, the girl was just given a lot. When I tell you she read Nova this past episode, I don't want to give away too much in case nobody's caught up, but um, it, it was just the most. And it, it made me, you know, bring... Um, and actually, if you haven't, if you haven't been really paying attention to what the main theme of this season is, literally, the see this season um, main theme is talking about the past. Um, this past episode, they really, really touched on um, a lot of questions steered towards the past. But with Nova writing the book, she basically put everybody's dirty laundry in this book from secrets from the past. And so every episode is the past popping back up or the past still being there. So if you haven't realized that by now, the, the, the theme of the season is the past. And, um, and so my thought of the week is, can you bring your past into your future? And Hollywood actually, um, was talking to Raph Angel because Anvaya is still going through and she's going through her, um, trauma 
you know, basically she's been triggered from seeing her ex. And so now she's still doing, now she's kind of stuck in her traumas of the past. And so Hollywood actually made us, made a statement to Ralph Angel and said that he's worried that the past is going to snatch up, you know, his future. And I thought that was really deep, but it was really interesting because, um, you know, a lot of us are stuck in the past and especially, um, if you've experienced, um, you know, trauma in some kind of way, um, I think in order to move forward with your life, um, uh, whether you're with someone else or, um, or it's just, you know, you on your own personal journey of healing, um, you have to let go of the past or the past will be your future. Um, for example, have you ever, um, you know, had a trigger, um, and, it's not, and you're not even triggered from, um, and it's not even because of the person that you're with, you know, they maybe did something or maybe they said something, which actually was a trigger from, or that a hurt from your past relationship that you're actually bringing into, you know, this relationship because either you want to, um, you're in self-preservation where you want to protect yourself to where you never make those mistakes again, or you never experience that hurt again. Or you're just being highly emotional because you have, you've had this hurt and you know, the, and it happens, you know, I've, I've done it, you know, I've, I've had those experiences where I've made somebody else pay for things that happened to me in the past. And it's not, it's not fair and it's not right. And it took me a long time to really get to a point that, you know, I, I'm hurting, you know, to actually say that like I'm hurting and I'm actually hurting other people because I think sometimes when you're in your shit, you don't really realize that you are actually being hurtful or sometimes you're actually doing the same shit that was done to you and now you're doing because you're hurting you don't even realize that you're kind of shitty you know and I've I've definitely I've definitely done it so I'm so I'm speaking today just speaking off some experience you know that I had to basically grow up I went to this I went through this period where um I literally basically went through a cleanse if you want to say where, you know, I wasn't intimate with anyone. Um, I didn't date, you know, and I really got to like, really went through where I was cleansing the hurt out of me, you know, out of my system. But I also was going through healing of myself, you know, where I, whether I had to sit and cry, I had to sit and feel, I had to sit and go through, you know, all the emotions, all the feelings to where that, um, and make myself better mentally, and emotionally first. And that way that if I was to get into a relationship the next time, I knew that I was going to be more whole for the next person and not this like broken vessel that's just filled with just shit waiting to dump it off on somebody else. Because I used to do that. And I used to be that person where, you know, you think you're good, but you're actually not. And hurt is kind of like that, you know? So you have to, uh, you know, do healing for yourself. And that led me to look up some ways to, um, of getting rid of, uh, past hurts. So I actually have a few, um, topics here. Um, so I looked up five ways to let go of past hurts, make the decision to let it go. Things don't disappear on their own. So that's basically like what I was saying, like you're making a conscious effort that you want to do better and you want to be better. And that's basically where it starts self-awareness. Express your pain and your responsibilities. So I had this breakup where the person basically was like that they didn't want to be with me anymore. You know, that they didn't love me anymore. And, um, and, and, you know, that hurt, 
but I could appreciate it now because I'm, you know, I'd rather you tell me you don't want to be with me than sit and be with me and you actually don't want to be with me. That's how people cheat and everything else or just be miserable with each other. So I can appreciate somebody telling you the truth. You know, I'd rather you tell me the truth than lie to me. But um, I also, with that breakup, I wasn't really one of those people that was like, oh, fuck the person. Um, I actually had to stop and say, and think about some of the things that I wasn't perfect on. I wasn't great on. And I had to take responsibility because I, I can definitely say that it was a lot of things that, um, yeah, I probably could have done better. Now, um, if I was to be upset, I mean, I would say, I think you should give people a chance to be better. Like, you know, um, cause I was kind of blindsided. Like I never knew that I wasn't not being, being a good partner. So I feel like, you know, you should tell people, you know, in my relationship present day, like there is no, um, misunderstanding of what we got going on, you know? And I think that's good though, because that you got to give people a chance to fix stuff. You know, you can't just come one day and just say, oh yeah. And by the way, I don't be with you anymore, you know? Cause then like, well, why not? You know, but even if you do or don't know, you can still, you can still look at yourself with any scenario and, you know, think of things that you could have done better because none of us is perfect and you're not perfect in your relationship. You might have a good relationship, but you're still not perfect because it's always something you can work on. Um, that's, that's a constant to me because we're all, we're always changing. Um, and so you're going to be completely different probably five, six years from now. So, you know, if, if you and that person don't change together, then that's obviously going to be an area where it might need improvement. So taking responsibility is something that people definitely, I think, struggle with and don't and always want to put the blame on other people um, instead of first looking at what could I have done in this scenario or where in this scenario could I have been wrong? And that's what I mean by taking, you know, my responsibility in it. So that can help you with working through your pain because, you know, it leads to the next point of, you know, it stops you from being a victim and blaming others. That was the next point. It was stop being a victim and blaming others. So it can stop you from that when you actually um, start backing away from the situation and being like, okay, you know, fuck the other person. Let me talk about myself because ultimately when you're getting rid of past hurts, you're, you're focusing on your healing for yourself. So who cares about the other person at this point because y'all broken up or, or even if it's not a relationship, like some other kind of hurt, either that person not in your life anymore, or, or maybe they still are in your life, but you want to get past the hurt that happened. Well, you, you're going to focus on yourself. So you, you can't victimize yourself and just sit and have these, you know, what was me parties all the time. Um, you know, especially, you know, if you want to get healing from it, the next point was to focus on the present, the here and now and the joy. Um, that's actually an area that I struggle with a lot. Um, that I have to really make a conscious effort, you know, because when you be hurt, when you're hurt by somebody, um, it's sometimes, and say you decide to stay, sometimes it's hard to just focus on the here and now. Cause that person could be perfect now, but sometimes you just have those triggers where you're like, you know, I'm not putting up your shit. And that could be something literally from 10 years ago that is still there, you know, that, yeah, you done move forward, but you haven't let it go, you know, and I, and I can be a holder, you know, I can be a holder 
to where, you know, I feel like I need to go into self-preservation mode and put up my, you know, blockers so I don't experience that hurt from you ever again, whether I stayed or not. And it's not good and it's not right to the other person too. And you're never really going to be fully whole and fully free um, if you're holding on to um, things that might have hurt you in the past. So, and the last one is forgive them and yourself. And forgiveness is something that I think we all struggle with and we all try to figure out what exactly does forgiveness mean. I still don't really know fully, fully what forgiveness means. Um, I know there's some people in my life, I'm like, I forget, I forgave them, you know, and, and move forward, but I'm not friends with them, you know? So I feel like, yeah, I did forgive you to where I can sit and say, you know, um, what you did to me doesn't hurt me anymore, but, um, I don't want you in my space still though. You know, I don't fuck with you, you know, to be completely honest. And, um, and I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's right or wrong or not, to be completely honest. I guess that's somebody to ask my therapist, but, um, I have certain people like that, that I just don't want you in my space, but I do forgive you, you know, for things that, that might've transpired. Um, and then I have, you know, some people that I still haven't gotten to that point of where I can sit and say that I fully forgave them because it's still some deep hurt there that I'm still actually, you know, trying to break through process and work through. And I, and I don't know, I don't know when or how really I'm going to fully, um, I don't know. It's just taking me time. Like I have a, I have a scenario in my life present day. That's just taking me time, you know, to where I'm just like, you know, I'm still pretty upset about it. And I don't know. I well, heard about it, I guess. And I don't know how long, um, I don't know how long uh, I'm going to be heard about it, but you know, I will say that you shouldn't give people power and I shouldn't give people power to, to affect, you know, my mood or make me cry or be emotional about it. And so that's why I know it's an area that I really do want to work on because I don't, I don't want to be, um, you know, where I, if I hear a name, you know, I'm feeling teary, you know, I don't want to be like that because it's just giving people too much power over yourself. But forgiveness is hard. And I, and I'm saying this because I don't want to just say and say like, oh, you know, it's just so easy to forgive. It's not. It's not. And sometimes, you know, you just got to make sure that you remember to start with yourself and go if go at your own pace and your own speed, because some things I can easily forgive and it's not a big deal. And then, you know, if it's something that cuts you deep, it might take you a while. And I feel like you, you have permission to take take however long. But I do think you need to get to the point that you do forgive that person because that's the way you really, really move forward and really, you know, um, don't let it be a trigger for something else. Um, because I can definitely see even in my life where um, things have been triggers due to you know, past hurts that I've kind of carried on throughout the years. And so, you know, with me going into, you know, and being in therapy, um, it's been helpful because it's helped me basically unpack a lot of my, um, past hurts and let it go instead of just holding it. And I really didn't even realize that I was holding, um, all of these hurts for years. I mean, some things I was holding probably for like 20 years, you know, a damn bag lady. And I really didn't even realize that I was, you know, so, um, that was a topic for this week. And that was my thought of the week. Um, you know, I definitely, if you want to continue this narrative, um, you can always hit me up on my social media pages. I actually have them up now. Um, it's just my thoughts. Um, that's my Instagram underscore the podcast. Um, also leave comments, feedback. Um, I'm on SoundCloud, 
um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, so I appreciate you listening today. Um, I also wanted to leave you with a word too. I was listening to, um, church the other day and pastor Pierce was preaching and I thought this was really, um, I don't know. I actually wrote it down to share because I, I liked it. Um, he was preaching about, um, some of the things I talk about on my podcast, but he said a closed mouth doesn't get fed and a closed mind won't get a miracle. Change your perspective. So I don't know who that might touch today, but um, that really touched me and I actually wrote it down. I have that on my on my work desk um, to sit and read. But um, make sure you be good to yourself. And uh, I thank you so much for listening this week. This is Mika here and I appreciate you.